Do you know what the difference between an influencer and a thought leader is? And what is this thing that we always talk about on LinkedIn, thought leadership? Today's guest is Jonathan Ravet. Jonathan is the head of thought leadership at AppsFlyer, a $1.6 billion Israeli company. At AppsFlyer, Jonathan's role is to help those in leadership positions find their voice, express their opinions, and become thought leaders. We're going to talk about the best platforms for building thought leadership, Jonathan's experience of branching out onto Twitter and his horror stories, the do's and don'ts of thought leadership. And then there's a separate side of this that has to do with the company you work with. How much should you be talking about the company versus how much should be about you and your personal brand? And should companies be nervous about employees leaving if they become thought leaders and create a demand for their service. This episode is going to get you to want to start posting, to want to comment, and to want to be active on LinkedIn. Jonathan has this power to him that just pulls you in and makes you see that it's really very beneficial for your career and your business. Welcome to The Art of Conversation. I'm Aaron Wogelinter. And I'm Chaim Simcha. Nowadays, we are constantly communicating and in conversation with everyone around us. We are two extroverts and conversation lovers exploring the depths of human connection, communication, and the soft skills needed on a daily basis. This is the Meta Conversation, a conversation about conversations. So tune in and join the conversation. So Jonathan, it's great to have you here. And you obviously didn't think that your career was going to go this way. Um, take us a little bit through the journey from starting as a studying law to marketing and sales, and then which brings you all the way to your current position today at AppsFlyer. Oh, man. First of all, thanks for having me. Um, man, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, that's that's a, that's a very very famous cliche like had you told me four years ago that i would be sitting here i would have told you you're crazy but that cliche obviously uh tends to be true um i i never thought i would be where i am today i was uh i went i went to law school i studied law and business and then tel aviv university uh i didn't know what i want to do uh with my life so I studied what seemed to be like a good direction. Obviously, it didn't it didn't work out. I was very bored studying in, in university, getting my degree, and then I I kind of stumbled on um, uh, an advertising position, being an account manager for an advertising agency, and that started me in that that trail, that path towards uh, towards marketing. So first marketing and then and, um, advertising and then advertising sales and then gradually going into mobile advertising, which is where I thought I really found my, you know, my destiny, mobile advertising and mobile marketing. But I started off in mobile in, 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 in sales um, roles and then um, biz dev roles and then gradually going into um, marketing and what actually started it is me trying to have conversations in developer forums. 
So I was actually having conversations. And that was my first success, I think, in my career, being able to have converse conversations and through those conversations, actually creating sales. And, you know, it just, it just went on from there to a marketing position and eventually to AppSly, which is probably a different story of how it became the role that I, that I have today. Wow. I, I want to point out two things there that which are super interesting. And again, thanks for being here. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Um, the, you said you went from sales and into marketing. Yeah. Not a lot of people. And, and what I think a lot of people miss is the marriage between sales and marketing. And the people have like, there's good companies that'll have a, an amazing sales team. And that they have an amazing marketing team, but if they're not married, they'll miss out on so much. Now, if you have from you come from that background and you know what the sales cycle is like, and then you move into the marketing and you understand the customers, you've you've been there, you've talked to them. It, I'm assuming it would give you a, such so much of a broader view of what actually needs to go on. It, it does. It, uh, it's the, I didn't invent the the, the phrase that marketing is making sales easier that's 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 why we're here we're here to make sales easier and i i was a very i was a i'm not i won't say bad i was a mediocre at best salesperson um i just don't have the skill set to do that which is interesting maybe we can dive in later because sales for me is a lot about the art of conversation um and um, but it did help me become a better marketer. I agree. Um, just knowing what they need and, and, and how sales is a lot around the sales rather than this is who I am and this is what we are and this is why it's good for you, please sign, um, got me to, to, to where I am today. Beautiful. Beautiful. I want, I want to touch on one more point before we dive into um, like the actual communication aspect. Um, I've, I saw on LinkedIn recently, and we're all obviously active on LinkedIn. If, like what Aaron said before, if you don't follow Jonathan yet, follow him. He's going to be here in the show notes. If you're looking at the camera, there. Okay? Oh, wow. And, no, uh, no, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, no pressure at all. But um, what was going around LinkedIn recently was uh, one of the influencers uh, was uh, going on about marketing and how marketing correlates with ADHD. And it, it was super interesting because the responses that she got, and obviously it's not a scientific study because it wasn't a scientific study. but Because well, it's on LinkedIn. Because it's on LinkedIn and because <laughs> it's polls, exactly. And it, But it was very interesting. You mentioned you were bored doing certain stuff. And then you went into marketing. Marketing gives a lot of creatives the space to jump around and to do a lot of things. And just a side note and uh, to, to point out if that's uh, something to, to, to talk about. But talking about influencers, what's the difference between an influencer and a thought leader? I don't think, I don't think there, there's, so much, there's so much difference between those. Like an influencer basically does what a thought leader do it's just uh i guess two sides uh of the same coin i don't i try 
the the whole the whole terminology of what is thought leadership what is influencer marketing what is it what is what's advocacy what's ambassadorship i i find it really hard to to stand those uh those terms because i find that they're not really they don't really fit like the new world where everything is really really open and undefined i mean thought leadership used to be it used to be um um getting a, a big blog to to publish your your byline it still is it's it's still and it still works it works well you know but that's a part that's now a part of that's a big part of pr and thought leadership was just got because of social networks it got totally democratized and now anyone can do it you don't have to pay anyone you don't have to work on a long uh, long form text so influencer thought leadership they're not what it, they used to be and probably not what they will be in i don't know two three five years on linkedin and on tiktok and 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 other places as well so i really try uh, with what i do not to fall into that terminology trap like for me it doesn't it doesn't matter do you make an impact do you build your brand do you build your company brand uh do people listen to you did you get people to invite you to 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 talk in podcasts great that's impact that means you someone heard you and that's all that matters right that that's so true and you mentioned about pr I, every time i explain thought leadership to somebody is like oh so that's pr i'm like yeah whatever it, it, again depending on like what which decade you're living in but yeah exactly um when you mentioned long form text so what is the preferred medium and i'm assuming we're talking about linkedin because and again i'm assuming we're talking about linkedin because i live on linkedin and we're all active on linkedin but um, are there other platforms as well that you would uh, have people uh, show up on I don't know. I I think you can also build yourself like again the world is so big and so vast that you know you can you can do it on Twitter as well, you know, if you have the stamina to you know to stand that that toxicity that that's going on. <laughs> no judgment. There. No judgment on Twitter. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> uh, it's terrible, but if you could stand it, Twitter is amazing for thought leadership. TikTok is is as as big and as vast and uncharted as any other network. Like you couldn't be it I I've seen people do it on on Facebook, you know? You can do it everywhere, everywhere. Um social networks are 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 th- that's what social network are there for and especially when when you're a company and not uh not just a person. In person you can do it, you know, on your own. as a company you need to figure out how to do it in a way that shines and i think thought leadership is is mostly about today is about utilizing social networks to build your brand that is so unbelievably refreshing because hanging out on linkedin you hear a lot of you know linkedin is the way you build or or you build build yourself into a linkedin influencer and linkedin thought leadership and and really those things are just um mediums it's a it's a way to get your thoughts out and so don't show up there and say you know i'm this you see people who come in with years of experience who just can't figure out the platform so it's just a question of figuring out the platform but you can be a thought leader on tiktok and you figure out that platform and you don't have to be dancing in front of the camera 
That's not, that's not what it is. It's, it's about utilizing the platform as a medium to be able to share the expertise. Absolutely. The, the, like if, if dancing on TikTok would build my personal brand, my business, my professional brand, I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Let's do it. Let's we have a camera here. He did not say he would definitely do it. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> I, I, I won't do it well, but I would do it. I would recommend it. It doesn't... That's great. I think... Don't get so what, stuck. We as people, you know, we always... we always, Since we're um, afraid of the uncertain, we're always trying to... Um, to put things into a box, to find the, the rules of how this should work. And that really, by the way, that really, uh, you see it on, on all those thought leaders' posts. This is how you do it. You take, you take a post, you take a sentence, you take a question, you put it in ChatGPT, then you get the question, you put it in another platform, you edit it, then you add uh, visuals, and then you post it. it Fine, that's another way of doing that if that works for you. There are a million other ways to do it. I, I just saw a post a few days ago of, of a thought leader who hosted another thought leader and, 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 and interviewed him and built um, like a, a, a carousel, a PDF, based on his answers. And that guy, and he already said in the post, like I interviewed that, and he told me a lot of strange things about how to to do thought leadership that i didn't think about like don't post on weekends right on linkedin no he posted on linkedin he has like a th- two followers right uh, uh post once a day no he posts three times a day you know a few other things that he did because he thought that would work for him and it worked for him you know screw the laws screw the rules you know do your thing test it and 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 make sure you're on the right track but you know stop you know ignore what everybody else is saying as like definite rules maybe guidelines at best just do your thing it's so interesting that you say and like aaron said it's refreshing that you say ignore what people are saying i I recently spoke to somebody and she said oh you have a podcast send me a link send the link and then the first thing that i get back is hey, you talk too slow. And I'm like, it's interesting because other people are saying I talk too fast. And it's like, I don't care. I'm talking, right? I'm just showing up. And like, I think what, what, what you were saying That's was I speed authentically. You up. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I definitely talk too fast. But um, what I want to dive in here is um, the difference between marketing and thought leadership for a company. So I, I, everybody's familiar with marketing. And marketing is all around us all the time. One of the one of the amazing feats of marketing that I've seen in the past couple of years, um, you know that on Twitter you mentioned Twitter, KFC was following five the the six guys named Herb Herb, and the five Spice Girls, and then the the internet figured out that it's eleven herbs and spices, and the internet went crazy, and it's genius and nobody knows how long it was sitting there, and that's genius, but that's marketing. Now, for thought leadership as a company, so as a person, show up authentically all the time, show up consistently, which is not easy for everyone. I've sp- spoken to people, it takes them two hours to, to put out a post. And I'm like, you have way more perfectionism than I do, and you care way too much. But for a company, how do you show up 
authentically through your people? So again, for me, the whole point is, is I think what takes away uh, authenticity is when you start talking about the company. For me, that's the, that's the basic, basic, uh, my own rule, right? That's my basic rule. I don't want people to talk about the company because whenever they talk about the company, about AppSlayer, it seems like a promotion. You know, the name there, they're, they're tagging it and they don't mean, like they mean well, but when you mention the company, something about the originality, something about the neutrality of the content uh, uh, stops right there because there's a company, because there's a business. I don't want, I, 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 I always tell that in my, in my sessions when I do like lectures and stuff, I have, I use, I always use, um, there's a slide and I put um, the image of um, a picture from uh, Fight Club where Brad Pitt um, uh, stands there without, you know, without his shirt on. And the, um, the sentence says, uh, first rule of Fight Club, you do not talk about Fight Club. That's the basic rule. Now, there are exceptions and everything, of course. But when you stop talking about the company, even before you wrote the post, suddenly you're faced with a decision. Okay, I don't talk about the company, so what should I talk about? And that leaves you basically with your profession, with your expertise, with what you gain, your knowledge that you gain, and that is authenticity. Isn't so, it challenging? Like yeah. AppsFire obviously leaned into this um, to be able to handle all of their employees to talk and not talk about the company, according to their, you know, head of thought leadership. But another company has, you know, it's very hard to, to embrace that, to uh, allow your... So let me, let me... Both as an employee and a... So let me explain. I, the fact that I write posts that do not mention AppSlayer doesn't mean that there aren't a lot of employees posting all the time about our new features, stuff that we did, stuff that we achieved, you know, anything around AppSlayer. It's really okay to promote the brand and to talk about the brand. There's nothing wrong about that. And a lot of employees are doing it without my, uh, you know, without my inter intervening. Um, what I'm saying is to promote the company, to promote like, any accomplishments, um, usually you don't really need me for that. You know, it's usually that kind of content is pretty uh, straightforward. You know, hey, hey we, we did just this, we did that. $150 million. Yeah, we, we, there are exceptions for that as well. But even that are things that you can do to make it better. And sometimes I do that. But what I really want to, what I really want to create is the awareness to how professional we are. And we can't do it by talking about praising our accomplishments. So it happens all the time. And probably more than the post that I help write for, for employees. But there's that kind of thought leadership that really positions us as leaders and as, as you know, 
as people that try to create conversations about what really matters for others. And that's the whole point, talking about others. When you talk about your company, you talk about your company. You don't talk about ours. So it's, it's super interesting, like you mentioned, like about the funding rounds. And, and we see it all, all the time on LinkedIn. Companies that you don't see for half a year, and all of a sudden, all of their employees have the same post about, hey, we just raised $12 million Series like 56 A. 56 likes. In <clears throat> exactly, because right. everyone in the company is all of a sudden. And, and I think that, and if I'm getting this correctly, the point is to show up authentically the whole time not only the the when there is a funding round because then i i mean i scroll past those because unless it's a friend of mine is it like okay so great we see you once every seven months and bye but here specifically showing up every single day i think that it, um i think richard branson said it uh that you build your employees and they build you the company I think he said that, something like that. And then you go into, okay, so but what if I build the employee and then he leaves? Right? You, you heard that? And then what if you don't and they stay? So you're you're kind of screwed if you get like if you have bad employees. Or here it's not necessarily bad, but I think we went went down a little bit down a rabbit hole. Um, I, can, I can I can follow that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I I this is Again, this for me is old, old world stuff. You know, I just, people are gonna leave you if you build them, if you don't build them. Though again, startups in Israel, especially in Israel here, so many startups, so much innovation. Like people, if they're happy, they they stay and they're and well compensated. They'll 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 say they'll stay, and if not, they'll go away. And you building them. Right. Yes. The people that are, that are, are uh, active on LinkedIn with thought leadership, they get more job offers. That's very, very, very true because that, that's the whole point. As a company, you should, you should really build your people because when you build them and when they are seen as thought leaders, that has a direct impact on your own business brand. My... Uh, CEO Oren Kaniel said, like everybody, every every company says that the employees are the most important thing, right? My CEO says says something different. He says the companies aren't the most important thing. the The employees aren't the most important thing because employees come and go. The most important thing is culture. When you have the right culture, then people can come and go, but culture always wins. And if you have the right culture then you're building long-term. Then long-term growth happens, even when important employees leave. Um, and I think that's, very, that's, a, that's a very healthy um, mindset to look at it. It's not like, it's not, and it's not saying that employees aren't important. It's just looking even one level higher than that and understanding that the world is too dynamic to you know, quarantine employees and, and, and then use them for your own good. It doesn't work like that anymore. A hundred percent. And, and it's funny, you mentioned that here in the tech scene in Tel Aviv, like you said, employees come and go. I think the average, uh, like lifespan of an employee in a company is like a year and a half or something. And I, I have a friend who he has a, he has a company, um, profitable company, which is surprising because startups. Um, but he's, his people like on average have been with him from five to seven years 
and it's mind-boggling but like you said culture you make a culture that people don't want to leave people won't leave as long as they're happy as long as they're well compensated as long as they're fulfilled they won't leave that's true i'm sure the fact that you have such a big turnover also means your work is <laughs> is quite heavy it's constantly changing constantly turning uh turning over the people that you're working with within apps flyer so uh What's like the biggest challenge for somebody who, I would assume there's two types, somebody who's been in AppsFlyer for a while or has been in lots of years of expertise and somebody who's been new, that's my assumption. You can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong on there, but what's the, uh, the biggest challenges to get them to embrace building a personal brand and embrace thought leadership? I, it's the, the length of, of, of time they spent at AppsFlyer is... I didn't do a statistical analysis, but I think it's irrelevant to how hard it is to get them to, to post. What it really uh, uh, differs uh, easy and hard to get people to post is how uh, extrovert they are. Okay, If you're an extrovert, it'll be easier for me to persuade you to do this. If you're used to uh, uh, that kind of... Um, social uh, social media uh, activity, then that will work better for you. So that's really, um, um, I, I think, the main differentiator between those that are finding it hard to post and then those that are finding it easy to post. But even once you pass that, um, because there are, there are so many um, exceptions for that rule as well, I think my, big, my biggest success today at AppsLayer is our DPO, our data protection officer, or data privacy officer. So she's a data privacy officer. You can pretty much figure out that she's a very private person and not an extrovert that doesn't like to post. And it's my best success. I think it, in the past year, it's my best success story at AppsLayer. And it's working. It's working very well, even though she's she, like, personally, she's reluctant to post. Um, the main, uh, 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 I think, challenge is uh, consistency, because it's it's usually, um, I won't say easy. It's not easy. Nothing e is easy in my job. At least that's how I feel. Um, but it's easier to to get uh, one post out, two posts out, three posts out. Getting to the tenth post, that's only a few can survive that path. I'm afraid. It's interesting, like you mentioned that I, I, I have a, a hundred day challenge, so posting consistently for a hundred days. I've done it myself, and now I'm starting. To, I'm talking with some people about like bringing on some people and having them do that. Now, a hundred days is difficult. Hundred days consistently. And for most people, it's terrifying because 100 days, we're talking about posting every day for every days. single day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able, I myself wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, you would. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, you would. I've and I've never done that. And now, now but the mindset behind it, right? What's the, the thought process? The thought process is most people don't post because of self-conscious. They're afraid of what sort of feedback they're going to get. They're perfectionists. The, the post needs to be perfect before it goes out. All those little things. Once you start posting consistently for 10, 20, 30 days, even more, you get over all of that. And then if you get into consistency, 
for 100 days, it's nothing because people see that um, I spoke to, to, uh, to um, one of the top marketers in Israel a um, long time ago, and he said that he's not looking for A-plus content. A-plus content takes time. He's looking for consistent B-plus, A-minus content, but consistent every single day. Got to show up every single day, stay top of mind. Yeah. That's, a very, that's a very cool uh, definition of uh, how content on, uh, on LinkedIn should look like. Again, you do your thing, but if you're aiming for A-plus content, you know, consistent, in a consistent way, you know, good luck with all that. I don't think, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't think anybody can do it without a media team. Yeah, which is why, by the way, I always prefer text-only. Um, like simplify it. Uh, simplifying it, making it shorter, making it easier for the person. Text-only, no big box of text, short form, no short, no long text. Um, it might not be perfect. It might not explain your point exactly the way you want to but it gets your content out there and you know someone you know once said you know 80 80 percent of success is showing up this is this is showing up you know this is showing up posting once twice three times a week that's showing up and if you're able to do that for a year wow you know sky's the limit Everybody listening to this, so besides for liking and following and um, joining the conversation, show up, start posting. And if you can't start posting, for the first two weeks at least, start commenting. Show up for other people who you actually appreciate their content and then start posting. So I just have two, two last things that um, you mentioned before and I thought it was very interesting you spoke about the uh, security and obviously very private um, concepts, ideas, and topics. So what would be a process that you would take somebody like that, both being introverted and the nature of their job being private, what would be um, a process for somebody wanting to start writing and start? I have the same process for everyone. Awesome. And it's not because I have found the, 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 the best way to create this kind of thought leadership for every person. It's just that I haven't found a better way. Um, and since there's no one in the freaking planet that does what I do, so I can't even learn from anyone if there's a better method. What I do with people, I just sit down with them and talk to them. We can do it face-to-face, -face, but we can do it on, on Zoom as well, and just ask them about their, what they do, what they do, what they like, um, it could be about their role, but it also could be about their work-life balance and really try to, to figure out who they are and what they want to talk about. Um, and uh, in the specific case of the data privacy officer, she talked to her boss and to our CEO and they told her, listen, this is part of your role to be out there because the company, one of our pillars as a company, as a business, is privacy. So we need someone to represent privacy outside. So we need you to be that person. As a, a, and as much as she wasn't that kind of extrovert person, she did what her um, managers told her to do. 
She's just a good employee. And this is why it's working. So I think there are two lessons here. First of all, interview the people that you want to, that, that you want to write. You can interview yourself, by the way, if you want to if you want to start writing. So I interview the people, I get the content, and from that content I create que a questionnaire for them, and then I take those their answers, their they write freestyle answers, and those answers I try to you know. Uh, turn into posts that's the basic um, process but that process cannot happen in many cases without a higher um, a higher power telling those people this is part of your role this is part of your of what we expect from you you need to start be out and, and start uh, uh, being out there um, so those are the two the two components love the higher power. Um, we're intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> How much of, um, of the content is personal? How much, because uh, bottom line, uh, from what I've seen, when people show up, they have their, their space, they have their expertise, and then there's the personal side. Um, on other platforms, it's only about personal. Most of it is fake. Um, but here, how much would you suggest would be actually personal. Yeah. Um, remember we said no rules? <laughs> there's, there's a very large spectrum. There are people that post, like every second post of them is about like related work, but about uh, work-life balance, uh, stuff that are soft skills, um, stuff that are mildly related to work. And there are people that feel so uncomfortable with exposing their personal life that they talk only about work and business and really everything works so i try to be more on the um, business side of things but being personal getting personal that's a big plus on social or any social and and on linkedin as well getting a selfie talking about yourself talking about your journey from time to time that helps i don't do that often enough um, we're going to do it right here. Oh, we're going to do it right here? Okay. Um, and um, I, I don't do it often enough. And I think, I think I would recommend everyone that can, that you should. But it, again, it really goes to how, an extra, how much of an extrovert you are. What do you prefer? Uh, what's your personal preference? Uh, like, it's really, it really goes to who you are as a person and how you deal with social media in general, not, in the, not even in business. So I just tend to let people do their own thing in that regard. Yeah, that's awesome because on our end, as we said earlier, it's just like all about rules, all about systems. And for the guy who does it at scale and has to be a, have a finger on the pulse, then uh, it's refreshing to hear that breaking those rules, figuring out yourself, being in touch with your relationship with social, your relationship with LinkedIn, your relationship with your business um, is the way it's going to come out. Look, I, I, it's really hard to me to talk about rules when my entire role has been, has been a, a kind of a rule-breaking role. So I, I, really can't, I really can't support anything other than, you know, Go your own path, right? You have to check, right? It's it's very easy to tell someone, okay, you do your own thing, you know, don't listen to anyone. 
but then it doesn't work. The, the content isn't valuable. No one listens. No one cares. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, listen to what other people say. Listen to advice. Read about your about the, what you want to do. Read about what you want to write. And in the end, you know, be, still be centered around your core beliefs of what you want to do and where you want to be. Um, don't let anyone take that from you. I love that. So if I understand correctly, um, just to highlight the rule-breaking rule, I think it's really all about... You love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that one core thing that will probably never change is show up as you authentically and consistently. Is that correct? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, if I had to uh, skip the auth uh, authenticity or the consistency, I would first go with, you know, skip the authenticity, the 100% authenticity, okay? Interesting. And be consistent. Love it. Okay? If I had to choose... You don't need to choose. But if I had to choose, consistency is more important than almost anything else on LinkedIn. Uh, just keep that in mind. For sure. Interesting side note just popped into mind. Authenticity doesn't mean that you show up completely. You don't have to expose 100% of your life. You don't have to show up with all of your ideas or all of your... I, I had a, a clip about this. I will never post about politics on on social oh God, media no, don't right right and is like politics whatever you post you will get shot from both sides yeah there's enough of that in twitter we don't need it's that it's terrible it's terrible twitter like you said the toxicity i was i've been on twitter for years and years and years recently i went back to see if like anything has changed it's just I, 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 those vibes, they mm. get me down. Ever since the last election, it gotten much, much worse. For sure. Uh, from, listen, from someone who's been there for the last uh, um, about two years. Actually, I have an interesting story about, uh, a good example of that about, uh, about Twitter. I've been in Twitter for many years. And about, I think it was about two years ago, I decided I, I, I don't want just to listen. I want to be active because the high-tech scene, the Israeli high-tech scene is very active on True. Twitter. It was really interesting. There are interesting stuff there. So I wrote a tweet. I introduced myself. It was a lot, like a very long tweet. And I introduced myself. Um, who am I? What happened? And how I got to be what I do today. And the tweet completely, it was a Friday uh, Friday noonish when I published it, and the tweet got it, it, it got super super viral. It exploded, but what happened is it started up with a lot of people like, "Wow, is this what you're doing? How does this work?" A lot of questions, a lot of like praises, a lot of a lot of like a lot of likes, a lot of um, a lot of questions, a lot of retweets, and then gradually, and then like after a few hours, started those questions that were not so polite like isn't this fraud like what are you doing basically are you stealing ideas from others are you basically uh, a shadow writer so basically all of this is just promotion and uh, within a few hours what started as, as a very nice very viral post and a, a lot of 
good vibes and, and people writing me on DMs asking me to talk became what is known as a tweet storm. And I got, I got called a liar, a fraud. They said, they said that by doing that, I, did, I basically committed a terrorist attack against AppSlyer by actually publishing that content. And by Saturday night, I was devastated. I didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. It was like, it was, I felt horrible. Like they called me a bunch of, and then I talked to my boss and he said, listen, this is like, you know, this, this is Twitter, like a day from now, no one's going to remember. And he was right. And ever since then, I stopped tweeting. I, I kept on tweeting up until the election, the last elections. Um, but I'd never talked about my position anymore because like the, 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 the smallest nuance can lead to people wishing your your death really that's how awful twitter is it's terrible it's terrible and like you mentioned nuance online so so another thing if you're showing up authentically people don't get nuance online forget about twitter on linkedin if people don't get nuance and the, and people will reach out and the, it, for the stupidest of things and you're like looking at him and like, dude, read the words, read the words. But no, it's just, and at some, I've seen, okay, so I, I deal with startups and one of the things they tell them when they're, when they're making pitch decks, right? And they're putting out whatever content, make it so that a five-year-old, a fifth grader can get it in, in, in a second. And, it, and it's the same thing, communicate easily. Now, if you're super technical and if you're talking to a technical world, then I'm not talking to you right now. But make it easy for people to get and not, and not, because nuance people will take that, they'll twist it around and they will bash you for it, which is the beauty of the internet, I guess. Yeah, it, it happens less on LinkedIn and more on other social media, which is why I like LinkedIn. Um, but yes, definitely. You know, mind your words. It's it's uh, it's really important because eventually they uh, someone can use them against you. Hmm. I'm just thinking in my mind right now that I want to put into Chat GPT, put in so write me a LinkedIn post that will trigger everyone. Ooh, that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be it would be terrible. But um, so, who are three people that you follow on LinkedIn in order to get? inspiration in order to get motivation in order to see that creativity in order to um, enhance what you're doing I, I used to i used to have that list um uh, dave gerthardt and chris walker and other people so now the list got a lot bigger and honestly like i find good content every day from people that i least expect so i would i wouldn't like i wouldn't create a list i wouldn't recommend a list because it really it really depends on who you are and your role if you're a marketer you probably want to follow marketing people and if not you want to follow other people so i again even those rules like follow this one for great content even that doesn't work anymore really i see i see good good content everywhere some are very very consistent i see them a lot and they're they're great but 
I, I, I would just, what I would do if I want to follow good content, I would venture out into that uh, ecosystem, into the, uh, that role, that title that you're, that you're really into and start finding people that do that. Just, just really Google it online for influencer on LinkedIn for those roles or start looking on LinkedIn uh, with, ha with some hashtags. And soon enough, you might find people that you're that you really like their content. Um, even that stuff is changing really, really, really fast, which is really cool to see. Right, hundred uh, percent. And 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 by saying that, also sometimes I see people with five thousand followers or two thousand followers that post incredible stuff, much more inter interesting than those that are really working like robots and posting and they have 40, 50, 100,000 followers. So you like, can tell when they when it gets robotic. Absolutely. You can totally tell. You can tell. So the, the but the pearls, you know, of wisdom are, are out there. You just need to, you know, you just need to spend some time on LinkedIn. So right. refreshing. So people on LinkedIn, by the way, if you didn't understand what Jonathan was talking about, um, the hash searching by hashtags, go up to your search bar, put in a hashtag and let's say you're a salesperson, put in sales and then see the, the posts that come up, see the, 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 ty the type of posts that start like popping up, follow those people. Now the next step is actually engaging with those people. You show up in their comment section and add value. Like, don't, like showing up and saying, awesome, it's great, congratulations is nice, but show up and actually add value. Add to the conversation because then they, they'll appreciate you. And just a side note that I say it a lot. Um, I think personally that likes and uh, comments are like currency on social media. And guess what? They're free. If you're on social media and you see something that you like, don't just scroll past. Give the person a like. It's like literally like he's playing the guitar in the New York subway. Throw him a dollar or her. And then a comment, throwing them a five. Because besides for your actual comment and the, the value that it brings, it boosts their content. So now more people will see them. That's actual value. So do that. Um, thank you so much, Jonathan, for taking to the time. We really, really appreciate it. This was awesome. Sure, my pleasure. It was great. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Art of the Conversation, where we're having conversations about having conversations. What tips, tricks, what works, and what doesn't work. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And in the show notes, you're going to see a link to our LinkedIn post. Please go and join us in the conversation. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Feel free. Offer some other things we should talk about. Join the conversation. 